Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Dee McCollum, joined alongside my co-host, Tyler Fertel and Campbell Klein. And today we are bringing you guys uh, our, I guess you can say our annual uh, NBA lottery mock draft because we did this last year for the 2020 draft. And now here we are back at it again, but this time for the 2021 NBA uh, draft. So it's just going to be a lottery uh, mock draft. Pretty simple. No trades because it's kind of hard to predict that kind of stuff. So yeah, let's just get right into it. So with the first overall pick uh, for the Detroit Pistons, we have them selecting Cade Cunningham, point guard out of Oklahoma State. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts on the fit and how Cade plays and how this will help the Pistons? Well, first of all, I think we're all just hoping our mock draft this year is a little more accurate than it was last year. We were a little, we were a little off there. I mean, we had Lamelo going to the Bulls, Onyeka going to the Hornets, I think. I think that was my bad. But uh, we had uh, not the greatest mock draft overall, but uh, we're hoping it's going to be a little better this time. And I think it's going to be a little better this time because starting off here with the number one overall pick, we've Cade Cunningham. Obviously, Cade has really good size for the point guard position. I think he's 6'8", which is even taller than another player who has a little bit of an advantage at the point guard position, LaMelo Ball, who had a, uh, who won rookie of the year in his first year. And I feel like Cade Cunningham is just – He's been really all-around great offensive player. Obviously, his defense is amp, but his physical tools and how, like his size at the point guard position, it's going to help him with that because he can guard multiple positions. Like, I mean, obviously Ben Simmons was a better player or a better defender coming out of college, but I mean, he had uh, Ben Simmons like reach and his size gives him the capability to be such a good defender between so many positions. So I think that definitely gives. Cade Cunningham, the upside compared to maybe some smaller guards who are not that great at defense. Uh, and then I also think that he's actually, he's a kind of an underrated shooter. I feel like people think that, oh, his, I mean, his just athletic ability is what makes him special. I mean, his shot is really, really good. I mean, obviously there are some players in this draft class that probably have a better one than him, but Overall, I don't think you can make an argument for anyone else being better than him. I feel like his athletic ability, along with his underrated shooting and his capability on the defensive side of the ball, really just makes him the best prospect this year. And I feel like he's going to be, I mean, he, he's going to be an all-star in two to three years, is my perspective, just because everywhere on the court, I mean, he can do really everything. So, yeah, he's a really good prospect, and I, I definitely think the Pistons to, should take him with the number overall pick. Uh, yeah, Tyler covered that pretty well. He's just the all-around best player in this draft. He was the best player in college basketball. He's super young. He is one and done out of college. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he's just the obvious number one pick here. There's nowhere else you can go with this. He's the best leader in the draft. He had the best season in college basketball. He is just as much upside as anyone else. He's just the obvious number one in this uh, scenario. Yeah, I really like his defensive potential. I know he's a great offensive player, but like Tyler mentioned, he, his frame is definitely going to make him uh, have that defensive potential in the NBA. Ben Simmons, he has a great frame for a point guard, obviously, because he's similar size to Kate. He's a little taller, but uh, his, I don't think his offensive potential coming into the NBA is gonna was higher than uh, Kate's defensive potential. Uh, coming into the NBA. So that's why I really like Kate as a prospect. And I think Detroit's definitely should take him with this first overall pick. And I think they will, but there was a report saying that they weren't even set on him uh, for the number one overall pick. But I think that's kind of crazy. I think he's definitely going to be the number one overall pick. So uh, we're just going to move on to the second overall pick. And this is owned by the Houston Rockets. And we have them selecting Jalen Green, a shooting guard 
out of the uh, NBA G League. He's a part of the G League Ignite. Uh, he's a very, very athletic player, very explosive, a great slasher, and he can also shoot the ball pretty efficiently and effectively too. So, Campbell, we'll go to you. What are your thoughts on Jalen? Uh, yeah, so Jalen, when I, when I see Jalen Green, I just think of an absolute athletic freak like you said, Dean. So, uh, I mean, I think he has the most athleticism out of anyone in this draft. I think really his he can determine his own uh, future by seeing how much he can really like lock in on the defensive end and just like sort of slowing the game down for himself because throughout like his whole life, he's sort of just been running by dudes, dunking on dudes, just sort of like using his own gifted abilities to outplay everyone. But that's not how it's going to work in the NBA. He has every tool he needs to be a super successful NBA player. I think he's just got to, you know, really locking on, especially the defensive side of the ball, along with just like sort of learning how to like play alongside other stars, just sort of stuff like that. I mean, he's, he can, he can play make already. He can score. And as I said, he's super, super athletic. So he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the league this year. Uh, um, I feel that, the Rockets pick here might be the most interesting of the lot uh, of the lottery, just because, I mean, they could go with Jalen green. They could go with Jalen Suggs. They, they could go with probably the second most talented player in the draft, at least in my perspective and Evan Mobley. But uh, talking about Jalen green, I feel that if the Rockets do take him here, if they stay at two and take him, I feel like a one, two punch on the offensive side of the ball and Jalen green and Kevin Porter jr. And maybe like three to five years could be one of the most explosive in the NBA. I mean, both of them are so explosive when they get to the hoop. If you watch highlights of both KPJ and Jalen Green, you see on every drive they go full strength and they go up and they give the uh, the, the, uh, the defenders a run for their money, which is really, really impressive. And I feel like Jalen Green's uh, three-point shot is also pretty good. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of credit for him just because he's so explosive, but he actually can shoot the ball pretty well. And obviously the NBA is continuing to become a shoot uh, three-point shooting league. So – as a guard, you kind of need to shoot well. I mean, a lot of guards have been kind of dropped and not like not bit have that much credit towards their name just because they can't shoot well. But the best guards in the league are always ones that can shoot at least decently well or extremely well. I mean, you look at Steph and Damian Lillard. So if Jalen Green not only can get to the hoop quickly, like a player like John Morant, but also can develop that shot and keep uh keep that three pointer going. He's going to be a dangerous player in the NBA because you never know what a player with his uh, caliber can do and potential. Yeah, I really, really am hoping that the Rockets uh, take uh, Jalen Green with the second overall pick because seeing a backcourt, like Tyler mentioned, of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. would just be so, so fun to watch. I mean, two lefties, two very explosive slashers who can also shot create. That'd be super, super fun to watch. So I think Jalen Green will go second overall. And I actually saw a video of Kevin Porter Jr. Or it was actually Jalen Green on Instagram Live. And Kevin Porter Jr. was in his uh, little uh, live stream uh, comment section. He was talking about them pairing up and playing together. So maybe he knows a little more than uh, everyone else. But hopefully Jalen Green goes number two so we can continue our nice little mock draft streak. Now moving on to the third overall pick, we have our first Front court member, we have Evan Mobley, center out of USC, going third overall to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Tyler, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, like I said before, I think Evan Mobley's the second most talented player in the draft. I feel like we saw in uh, the March Madness run from USC, like he can completely change a game 
just by the way he plays. I mean, he controls the game by the way he plays. Everything is centered around him. USC gave him the ball almost every possession down the floor, and he either created for his teammates or just backed down or even shot the three-point shot and was it super efficient. So I feel like he's just a player to watch no matter where he is on the court. Uh, and I feel that he's obviously a good defender. I mean, how tall is he? Seven foot. So he's going to be a huge. Yeah, he can, yeah, he'll, he'll huge. be really good in the paint. I mean, he'll be a rim defender, but also like he's quicker than people think. Like he's, he's fast when it comes to center. So when it comes down to it, Obviously, his strength is his offensive side of the ball, but also his defense is good. So he's a, he's a great all-around player. And I really like the fit with the Cavs because they have a couple of young guards. I think they're probably going to move Sexton. But if they uh, with Garland and him, I feel like that's a one-two punch. Uh, in a couple of years, it'll be really, really good because both of them are explosive and both of them have like kind of that capability to play off of their teammates. So I really like Evan Mobley's fit here. I feel that he's going to be a really, really good player. and. Making this prediction now, he'll be a top five center in three years. That's my prediction for him. Just because I think that he he's gonna he's gonna be up there with some of the best just because his athleticism for a center is extremely good. So yeah, I mean, he is extremely athletic, but I'm a little bit scared about just how like thin he is. You can even see in this photo, like he doesn't look like he weighs much more than 210 pounds and he's literally a seven footer like you said he I'm a little bit scared about his jump shot as well I think in college he struggled to shoot above 30 percent from three so that's a little bit scary to me but yeah obviously if uh he can figure out his jump shot and really bulk up if he's a big seven footer or at least an average sized one who can shoot the ball like he showed minor flashes of in college he could be really scary in the NBA I mean, he's one of, like, when he gets into the league, he's going to be one of, like, I don't know, five to ten centers that can actually th- shoot the three-point ball. I mean, he's not going to be shooting the ball that much, obviously, as a center, but he might have not been shooting very well. Like, he might have not been efficient, but like I said, he was efficient overall because he can do so much. I mean, when you see him in the paint, he's not, like, he doesn't, like, flail all the time. He doesn't just, like, go up and not have any chance of scoring. I mean. His scoring ability from any, every type of the floor, like, that's impressive. I mean, that's what's made, like, other than Jokic being able to pass the ball, that's what that's what's made Jokic and Embiid so good, that they have the ability to not only create for their teammates anywhere on the court, but go up and shoot it, go up and drive. I mean, they're just such dynamic centers that I feel like Evan Mobley can do similar things. I mean, it's de- he's definitely a project. He's not going to be able to do that in his first or second year. Like you guys said, he's thin and He's, I mean, he's not the most NBA ready player in the world, but when he gets to that point, I mean, he's going to be definitely dangerous in a top five center in a couple of years in my perspective. I mean, I think that Evan Mobley, he's, he's like the center that you, any team would really, really love to have, uh, on, on their team, uh, like at this point in the NBA, because there's like, it's getting like, it's getting a little more common that centers are shooting and at least Evan Mobley has the confidence to shoot the three ball. There are many centers in the NBA who don't even try to attempt a three pointer. Uh, but you're seeing teams struggling to compete because they don't have a center. Their spacing is just totally messed up. You saw the Pelicans today as we're filming, they had a trade for a center who could stretch a floor because Steven Adams in that spacing with that team just did not work out. So they traded for Jonas Valanciunas who can stretch the floor. And I think Evan Mobley is going to be, I, th- I I would sort of compare him 
his ceiling to maybe someone like Jaron Jackson Jr., but like better than Jaron Jackson Jr. Because he's a great, like Tyler said, he's great in transition. He's a great rim protector, and he can also shoot the ball. I think it, his shot develops. He's definitely going to be one of the best centers in the NBA. I like him better than Wiseman coming out of USC. Uh, so, yeah, we have Evan Mobley at pick three going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. It'll be interesting to see if he goes here, what they'll do with Jared Allen free agency. I think I think if if they take Evan Mobley, I feel like Jared Allen's leaving. I feel like he wants to be – like Jared Allen deserves to be the starter. I think he's enough talent to be the starter. So if they take Mobley, I think Allen's gone. First of all. Now we'll move on to the fourth overall pick, which uh, – belongs to the Tor- Toronto Raptors uh, and we have them going with Jalen Suggs point guard out of Gonzaga Campbell what are your thoughts on this pick uh, as uh, most uh, NCAA or NBA fans know Jalen uh, Suggs was the savior in the March Madness tournament that amazing shot what are your thoughts on him going forward to the Raptors um yeah I mean Jalen Suggs obviously played on one of the best college basketball teams this year going undefeated up until the championship where they lost to Baylor but uh yeah he was on a stack team and he really played well despite all the talent that he was surrounded by which I was really impressed by I thought he might you know coming out of high school I thought he might might take a dip going into the draft but he really impressed me this year's playmaking around other stars was super impressive to me seeing how he can get his his teammates involved all the time and obviously he's a great defender and I mean, I feel like there are some guys who just, there's a presence to him that sort of makes me feel that he's going to have a successful NBA career, just the way he carries himself on and off the court. So, I mean, if he, primarily if he can get his jump shot going, he had a little bit of uh, trouble with that in college. He could be a really good uh, NBA player. I mean, obviously we know what Jalen Suggs can do. And I mean, we saw that shot in March Madness. I mean, it might have been a little bit of luck, but the confidence to take that shot and put that up from there and, I mean, score that. You don't just score that, like, with complete love. I mean, there's a little bit of skill in there. I'm not going to give him all the credit in the world, but there's a little bit of skill in there. But playing on such a stacked team, like Campbell said, it's impressive that he showed that he could be such a good player. We have him going for here. I love the fit with the Raptors. I think Kyle Lowry is gone. I feel like him and Fred Van Vliet in the backcourt will be a great dynamic duo. They're both good scorers. They're, Jalen Suggs is a good defender, or he's a pretty good defender, or decent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good perimeter defender. He Okay, he's a good perimeter defender. So him and Van Vliet are both good defenders. The Raptors thrive on their defense. So I love this pick for the Raptors. If Suggs goes here, I feel like him and Fred Van Vliet could end up being like the best, like front, uh, like two way. No, that's not what I mean. Like offense and defense, you know, you guys know what I mean. Uh, two, two way player in the league. Like he, he's so good on both there. They could be the best other than, okay. Two way backcourt, two way backcourt. Two way backcourt. Other than maybe Steph and Clay, two way backcourt in the league in a couple of years. Because I just feel like they're both good defensively, and they both have so much offensive skill, too. I mean, Suggs is just, he's a great shooter. We saw that. But he also he also has that ability to get some assists. I like that from him. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Jalen Suggs can do. I mean, I agree with you, Tyler. I think that Kyle Lowry is out. I think this is a dream scenario for the Raptors, and I think it's very likely to happen that Suggs falls into their laps at uh, pick four. I mean, a starting lineup of Jalen Suggs, uh, Fred Van Bleet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and uh, who do they have? Chris Boucher starting at center. 
I mean, I think it's also. It's, I think it's kind of likely that Siakam gets traded. Well, it, they I might trade for. They might trade him if they want to go in the direction of a rebuild. But if they don't, I mean, that team can definitely contend for a playoff spot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Sug. I feel and, like Suggs is definitely really NBA ready. I, I think he's a fifteen point per game scorer in, in his rookie year. So I think he's definitely going to be able to contribute to that Raptors team and hopefully help them get back in the playoffs as they missed it this past year. But I think this is a perfect fit for the Toronto Raptors if they go with Jalen Suggs here at pick four. Now we're going to move on to pick five, which belongs to the Orlando Magic. And we have them selecting the small forward, another G League Ignite player, Jonathan Kuminga, project player. He's he, He's got all the potential in the world. Tyler, do you want to talk a little bit about Jonathan? Uh, I don't really know much about Jonathan Kuminga. Obviously, he didn't play much college basketball this past year. But, I mean, he's 6'8", as I see here. He's 225 pounds. That is a great size and span for a, for a small forward, power forward in the NBA. I mean, it's just impressive overall. Seven-foot wingspan, too. That's actually incredible. But he show. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty – I think he's a lot of – I don't know much to get about Jonathan Kuminga, uh, but I know that I, from watching a couple of G League Ignite games, I know that he has some shot-making potential. I know that he might not have been the most efficient player uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Like Dean said, he's a project. But if you can make shots as a small forward, power forward in the NBA, you're going to be decent. I mean, I feel like that's what comes down to it these days. But, uh, yeah, he has also – he's a um, good defensive player. That's also important. Definitely could be a player. I, I feel like, I mean, we'll talk about this a little later with another player, but kind of like a Patrick Williams kind of scenario where he's not that well known, but his skill set could make him end up being a good NBA player because he could end up being efficient on the offensive side of the ball, be a good three point shooter, and then is also a really good defender. So that's all I'm going to say about Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, some people are uh, saying that he has the highest ceiling in this draft, which is why he's up here. I mean, he was one of the best high school. Like, other than Cade Cunningham, I think he was the second best uh, high school basketball player in this class. I mean, I think that I've seen, this isn't my opinion, but I've seen people compare his ceiling, his absolute ceiling to LeBron James. I've seen people say that. And I mean, he has the same. (laughs) Okay. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy because he's he is a huge project. I mean, he's super, super raw because he like Tyler mentioned, his his numbers from the G League weren't that impressive. He wasn't very efficient, but all the potential in the world is there. I like the comparison of Patrick Williams right out of the gate. He's not that well known, but he he sort of got that three and D potential. I like uh Jonathan Kuminga here. There's someone with the next pick who I don't want to spoil who might have been a better fit for the magic. But Campbell, do you have anything to say about uh, Kuminga? Uh, no, I don't really have anything to add. But if he does turn out to be the next LeBron James, Tyler and I are both going to feel pretty bad about it. Yeah, just talking. It was. It was <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is coming from me. I I saw this somewhere. I it's like somewhere. on uh, it's like on buzzer cards when Dean uh compared Patrick Williams to Ka- Kawhi Leonard. I thought that was pretty funny too. But hey, that I could happen. It, that, that that could, could happen. happen. That could happen. Uh, but. Just talking about the fit here really quick. This is what the Orlando Magic need. They need some firepower, both on the offensive side of the ball and someone that can stop good forwards in the NBA. I feel like that's what Kuminga brings. I mean, they have a lot of good uh, uh, guards in uh, Cole Anthony. They have an up-and-coming one in RJ Hampton. And then they have Markel Fultz coming back from a couple injuries. So I feel like their guard situation, for the most part, is kind of solved. 
they're really young and at the center position, they have Wendell Carter Jr., who I think could definitely be decent, a mid-tier to high-tier center in the NBA. I don't think he'll ever be all-star caliber, but if he can be like where like Miles Turner is now, like that kind of player, I feel like that is definitely what the Magic needs. So I feel like Jonathan Kaminga here for the Magic is definitely a good fit because he'll slot right into that starting power forward or small forward position. All right, we're going to go to the sixth overall pick, which belongs to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we have them taking another small forward, but this one out of Florida State, Scotty Barnes, maybe someone who could have gone to the Magic earlier. I mean, Florida State just knows how to produce these um, these three and D wings. Scott, Scotty Barnes, maybe, maybe being the best of them because he was a sixth man at Florida this past year. So was Patrick Williams last year. And uh, Devin Vassell was starting last year, but they know how to produce those. Uh, high potential, uh, small forwards and wings, but I, I really like Scotty Barnes. Now I know I said this about Patrick Williams, but I have seen people compare him to Kawhi, Scotty Barnes to Kawhi Leonard. I have seen that. And I actually like Scotty Barnes better than, uh, uh, better than Patrick Williams. If there was anyone I had to bet who was going to be better than Cade Cunningham, I'd probably bet Scotty Barnes or Jalen Green. But wow, I think that's, that's bold. That's bold. I know. I know. I think he, I think he's going to be really good. He's really, really efficient. I think he can shoot the three ball really well, and he's the the best perimeter defender uh, in the draft, in my opinion. I mean, that's where the Kawhi Leonard uh, comparisons come. He's got a very lengthy wingspan, and I really like him coming out of Florida State. Yeah, I mean, I think Scotty Barnes is sort of just expanding off of what Dean said. He's one of the safer picks in this draft. At the very worst, he's just a hustle guy who plays really good defense every single possession. And at the best, he can be a solid offensive player along with his defensive talents, making him a potential all-star someday. Uh, yeah, like Dean was talking about. I mean, Scotty Barnes can guard positions one through five on the court. He can guard point guard, shooting guard, everywhere in between. So, I mean, uh, everywhere from point guard to center on the court. You can't say that about many players. I feel like one of the only players you could say that about is Ben Simmons. And Scotty Barnes has better offensive possession uh, potential. Sorry. Than uh, than uh, Ben Simmons. So I feel that Scotty Barnes not only is going to be a great defender both on the perimeter and in the paint, but also that he can cause mismatches because of his size. I mean, he's quick. He played point guard for FSU, uh, for Florida State University, obviously, which is incredible. As he's, I think, six nine, right? So I mean, if you can play point guard and then also be a potential starter at small forward or power forward, I mean, that is something that any NBA team could use. I feel like. A fit with the Thunder alongside Shagels Alexander would be good. Up and coming team, they would give him the uh, the ability to blossom. So I like the fit here, and also like the I, I mean, I agree with Dan. I feel like Scotty Barnes could definitely be a really good player in the league. I don't know if he'll ever be past Cade Cunningham. I definitely think that's possible, but he definitely does have a high ceiling. Yeah, and he's definitely going to get a lot of reps since the Thunder have a very young and up and coming team. Now we're going to move on to the Warriors' first lottery pick at pick seven, where we have them selecting Davian Mitchell, point guard out of Baylor. I know Tyler has a bit to say about Davian Mitchell, so Tyler, I'm going to let you take it away on this one. Um, So Dean and I were talking about, I think maybe a month ago, right after March Madness ended, we were talking about college players that were looking to invest in when they get NBA cards. 
First player I said was David Mitchell. I think that he's going to be a really, really good NBA player just because he's literally a lockdown defender and also has great skill on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if you watched any games of March Madness, you saw that David Mitchell can shoot the ball really, really well. He's a great three-point shooter, but he's also, I mean, you didn't, I mean, it, you could literally tune in for five minutes and you can see that David Mitchell was the best defender, uh, defender on the court. So I feel like just that alone makes him a lottery pick and just that alone makes him kind of like, arguably one like I mean you can make the case for him for being the best defender in this draft class uh he won big 12 player of the year he won Naismith he was a Naismith All-American I think uh too if I'm correct but uh yeah I mean it's 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 really impressive he doesn't have very many weaknesses either on the offensive side of the court I mean if you see like maybe he's not he's an aggressive driver obviously his size is something that you can be concerned about just because there are players that can go up and I mean, reject the ball, the ball, obviously he's six two, but I mean, he can use his size to his advantage sometimes get below players, get by them. It's definitely something that he'll, uh, that kind of will help him, but also make him weaker, uh, quick change of, uh, pace too. So he's a fast player. He's speedy. He's good on the offensive side of the ball, good three point shooter and a lockdown defender. Not much else I can say about Davey Mitchell, but I really like him going into his first NBA season. I feel like sitting behind Steph Curry would be the perfect thing for him too. So, yeah. Um, I I, I want to piggyback off of what Tyler said at the end. Uh, him learning behind Steph Curry. I mean, the only small concern with Davey and Mitchell. I mean, I know he was lights out during the March Madness run that Baylor had. Obviously, they won the entire uh, tournament, and that raised his stock exponentially. But Davey and Mitchell, like. Even though he was a very good shooter during the March Madness tournament, like throughout that, that might be his only weakness. Like maybe he's not going to be able to hit the three pointer as well in the NBA. But I think him going to the Warriors and sitting behind Steph Curry is great because, again, they don't. I mean, Damian Lee is their backup point guard right now, and if I, I Jordan, think Jordan, just, I think it's Jordan Poole. Well, Jordan Poole plays the two. Jordan Poole uh, plays the two yeah. because when Clay was out, he was playing the two. But I think Damian Mitchell could just kick him out of this. Uh, rotation and just start right behind uh or be in the rotation right behind Steph Curry I really really like this fit for him because like I said he can literally learn from the best shooters in the world and if he does if he's able to master that three-point shot he already has a defense set he's going to be he could be the best player in this draft class there's so many great guys in this draft class so I really really love this fit uh with Davian Mitchell to the Warriors he's also a winner I mean you always love to see winners in the NBA to have that mentality, to want to win, to have that work ethic, I feel like that's always a plus two, and Davey Mitchell has that, so I like that about him too. All right, we're going to be moving on to the eighth overall pick, the Orlando Magic's second pick in this lottery. We're going to have them taking Moses Moody, shooting guard, out of Arkansas. And, I mean, the Orlando Magic, after if they take Jonathan Kuminga, they're going to have a maybe a starting lineup of it depends. Cole Anthony or Markel Fultz. It might be Markel Fultz at the point guard. Maybe they do that. If they take Moses Moody, it'll be Moses Moody, Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Kuminga, and Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, they have a bunch of positions that are filled sort of at this point, but you can never you can never go wrong with just taking a wing with a high ceiling because Moses Moody, a 3 and D potential type of guy, he's very, very good at shooting the three ball, which is super, super valuable in the NBA. And I think that his shooting is just going to be able it's going to be enough for him to go in the lottery because he's been a big riser. 
he led Arkansas to the Elite Eight. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they went to the Elite Eight. Yeah, and that raised that raised uh, his draft stock so much. So I really, really like this pickup for Orlando because, they, like I said earlier, they already have so many positions sort of filled out, and just adding another wing who can shoot the ball and play some defense is just going to be a very nice addition to their little rebuild they have going on right here. Uh, yeah, I like the pick for a shooting guard here. Obviously, Moses Moody's a great player, uh, good shooter, good wingspan. Probably he's going to be a good uh, defender in the NBA too. Uh, definitely think they're if they end up going, wanting to go shooting guard here. Definitely feel like Moses Moody's a candidate. Keon Johnson out of Tennessee's a candidate. He's also a player to watch to go in the lottery. I like him, and then also James Buchanan from UConn. Who we might have going a little later. Uh, uh, is also going to be a candidate here if they end up going shooting guard. All three of those players I feel like are well deserving. All three players are great offensive players. So, yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the ninth overall pick. We have the Sacramento Kings selecting small forward out of Duke, Jalen Johnson. Now, Jalen Johnson, I believe he pulled out of this uh, past NCAA season, like midway through. He just wanted to focus on the draft. So, uh, I mean, he was pretty he was pretty good at uh, Duke, averaging around a dozen points per game. Pretty efficient stuff. But I think that Jalen Johnson, he's going to be a project player for the Kings. I think fit is very important right here because he has a very high ceiling as he's super, super athletic. He's a great driver and he's got that mid-range shot. And I mean, if Buddy Heald, I know he's been in some trade talks, but maybe he can help him uh, uh, practice his three-point shot if uh, he stays on the Kings. But I think fit is very important here because uh, I think the Kings sort of have a hole at the small forward and power uh, forward position because Marvin Bagley, who really knows what's going to happen with him, maybe the Kings capitalize on his value when he's still young, he hasn't really worked out there and Harrison Barnes is aging. So maybe he can learn from the veteran who's coming off a very good season. I know Campbell really, really likes his boy Harrison. So I, I really like this pick uh, for Sacramento. I think he's going to have a lot to learn. And I, I think he has potential to be an all-star if he connects on all cylinders. And yeah, I think that Jalen Johnson is a perfect fit uh, for the Sacramento Kings at pick nine right here. Um, first of all, wait, first of I, all, I got to defend Harrison Barnes. Who's only twenty nine for your information? Oh so. come on, Dean! You I don't called know him old. He's no, I didn't. I, I I said he's not the long term answer. I didn't. No, call you, you called him old. You called him old. You never called him. Okay, Harrison okay. Barnes. So, okay, but he's not the long term answer. He's on and, a horrible contract. Res- he he could be traded <laughs> this day. Don't, re- don't disrespect be. Marvin Bagley either. Marvin Bagley <laughs> has a lot left in him. Lot left. He goes to a team where he's the number right, one. But Marvin option, Bagley plays a power forward. He plays power forward. This is a small forward. All I'm saying is that Harrison Barnes, he could be traded to a contender this year. Don't lie. Harrison Barnes yeah. could be traded to a contender. And so also, I J- think Marvin Bagley, I was joking. Marvin Bagley's like, I, I don't know. He has some potential left. Just like, I, I, I you wasted just don't potential. hear his, wasted potential. Yeah, you just it's don't hear his name potential. a lot. Like, you just don't hear his he's name. Injured. A lot. He's structure. injured all the time. He's injured all the time. Yeah. And when he's on the floor, he's not very good. Something interesting to bring up is that, uh, is that the Kings last year, pick 11, I think they had, uh, drafted for just best player available rather than fit. I mean, they took Tyrese Halliburton, who's a point guard, uh, even though they had De'Aaron Fox on the roster. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Maybe they go fit here just to fill a gap that they have. Obviously, Harrison Barnes probably isn't the future answer, and Marvin Bagley, in my perspective, isn't going to be their starter for that much longer. I don't even know if he was their starter this past year. So uh, definitely think that, um, 
Jalen Johnson's a good answer here, but uh, one more player that I like going to the uh, uh, going to the Kings here. I feel like they need a center. I don't know who the best center still available is, uh, but whoever that is, is it? It's. I mean, I mean Kai Jones plays power forward center, and then there's Alperin Sangun. And yeah. yeah, that's basically it for the centers around. Yeah, I feel like. Lottery. I mean, maybe, maybe I feel like. Because I think Rashawn Holmes is going to leave. I think Rashawn Holmes is going to get a, a, t- a contender, potentially maybe the Lakers. I would like to feel with the Lakers. Uh, a couple other players. I think he's underrated. I know Dean thinks he's underrated. So I think Rashawn Holmes is gone. So potentially draft a center here if they want to fill that gap too. But I like the Jalen Johnson fit here. Uh, not only because Jalen Johnson has a lot of potential, but because that is a gaping, uh, gapping need that they need. All right, we're going to move on to the 10th overall pick, which belongs to now the Memphis Grizzlies. Glad we recorded this uh, the same day uh, they made the trade with the Pelicans. We have them selecting James Booknight, shooting guard out of UConn at pick 10. I mean, the Grizzlies, they like, like the Magic, after, these, after their two lottery picks, they have basically their starting lineup set. I mean, they have uh, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr., and now Steven Adams. But if Kyle Anderson, I mean, he's coming off his best season of his career. No one really saw that coming. But like Harrison Barnes, I don't really know if he's the long-term answer there at hey, the small don't forward disrespect spot. Kyle Anderson. He is. I'm, 10 I'm disrespecting years left. all these. He is ten years left. Quote me. I'm disrespecting all these veterans who just have random breakout seasons, <laughs> like ten years into their careers. But I think that he's, if I'm if pretty Kyle sure he's Anderson, like 25. That's a, like he moves no, extremely no, no. slow. No, I sw- I think I'll, I'll look it up he's, right now. He's late twenties, like Harrison. He's late twenties. No, no, he's not. No, he was drafted like maybe four or five years he's ago. Twenty-seven. No way. Twenty-seven. Yeah, 27. Okay. Okay. He but was drafted. Either late. way. Either way. Either way. Either way. If they could slide Dylan Brooks to the three and run lineups with uh, James Booknight at the two, we haven't even talked about James Booknight as a player. I mean, he's a very explosive shot creator. And I think that's what the Grizzlies need because other than the jaw, they don't really have that. Dylan Brooks can't really create his own shot. I mean, they have Desmond Bain shooting guard coming off the bench, uh, coming off uh, his rookie year. All we can do is shoot threes and come off screens. James Buchanan can actually handle the ball for himself. And I think they, that's what they need. They need someone else who can ball handle, who can pass, and who can score for themselves and create their own shot. Because at the end of the day, like I mentioned, John Morant's basically the only person on that team who can do that. So I think that's going to be really valuable for the Grizzlies because they traded Jonas Valanciunas for basically this pick and Steven Adams, but basic, mainly this pick. And I think that if they can snag someone like James Booknight who could potentially even go higher, that's a total steal for them. I feel like it's very similar. Like his college situation was very similar to Cole Anthony's. Cole Anthony's UNC team, the year he was there, was not good whatsoever. But there was one thing that stood out, and that was his skill set. And I feel like the same thing was with this situation with James Booknight. I mean, the UConn team wasn't very good, but his offensive skill set just stood out. I mean, people the only reason people really turned on UConn games was to watch what he could do. He's a great finisher, but he's also a great three-point shooter, one of the best scorers in uh, college basketball this past season. So I like the fit here alongside John Morant. I feel like him and John Morant would be a really good match just because when one finishes, the other can pop out for three. And I feel like their skill sets are very matching in a way uh so i mean john might be a little better of a finisher but james Knight's three-point shot is nice i feel like he's gonna be good uh so i like uh i like this fit here and i like james Knight's future in the nba all right now we're gonna move on to 
pick 11 in the lottery, which belongs to the Charlotte Hornets. We have them taking power forward center out of Texas, Kai Jones, a very explosive rim runner. I think he's a discount Evan Mobley because he can set screens. He can he can pick and pop. I'm not going to say he can shoot the three because he's very inefficient when he shoots the three, but at least he has the confidence. And hey, maybe he can develop in the zone like a Miles Turner because at the end of the day, the Charlotte Hornets literally haven't had a good center literally in forever since they've had Cody Zeller on their team for like 13 years. Uh, and he's a free agent. Same with Bismack Biombo. Uh, if they don't sign a center, which they might, they might not. I think they take Kai Jones right here because uh, he, he's going to be so great in the pick and roll with Lamella who can just toss him alley-oops all day long. And he's very, very tall like Evan Mobley. Uh, he might need to bulk up a little, but other than that, I really, really like this fit because I think he just like, his energy would be perfect in Charlotte because he's so explosive and very fun to watch. So I, I like Kai Jones going here to the uh, Hornets at pick 11. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about Kai Jones, but uh, from what I've read and the few things I've seen, like Dean said, he's a rim runner, which is exactly what LaMelo Ball needs. And also he can just play defense on multiple positions. He can play on and off the ball, which is uh, you know, appealing to any NBA team. Uh, yeah, I saw in his scouting report that he shot 38% from three, uh, which is incredible for a power forward, small forward. I don't, I mean, he shot 38% I'm, in his it sophomore have been on year. In his sophomore okay. year. It, it, what year was this? I don't know. Is he, is he a sophomore or junior? I don't know, but he's, it said he shot 38% as a sophomore. I'm guessing that's probably not the pass here because it yeah. would just, but he thought he shot 38% in it a year. It couldn't have been college. on that many attempts. Yeah, I mean, it can't, it couldn't can't have been on that many but attempts. he's a decent three-point shooter. He, he had a 33, Campbell said 33%. He only attempted 33. Oh, oh. I mean, still, still 38%. Decent. I mean, that's decent. not bad. So if he can do anything close to that in a Hornets offense that plays a lot of pick and roll with LaMelo Ball, I mean, an explosive pick and roll offense between LaMelo Ball and Kai Jones, and then also Miles Bridges there, Gordon Hayward can pop out for the three. I mean, that's a dangerous offense. So – I like that. I like the fit here. Obviously, uh, the Hornets have no center on their roster, basically. So I think they'll look either for the draft or they'll look in the uh, look in the market. Potentially, if Montrezl Harrell wants to leave the Lakers, maybe he'll be uh, in the running for that Hornets starting job if they want to go out and get him. So definitely think that the Hornets uh, like this fit here for the Hornets and Kai Jones. Uh, like, yeah, he's athletic. So that's definitely a plus when you have LaMelo Ball in your backcourt. So. Imagine being LaMelo Ball and going from Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo to someone like Kai Jones, who's not an athlete, like he's very, very athletic and he's a high flyer. There's so many high flyers on that team. Maybe they bring Malik Monk back and they literally have Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, and Kai Jones. That'll be a very, very explosive team uh, for the future. So I really like it if they were to go uh, Kai Jones right here at pick 11. Now moving on to pick 12, getting closer to the end of the lottery we have andrew andrew's still at camp i think where, he's coming where back is andrew right now in a andrew, few days. andrew's a it, huge he, smile on his face he i mean i don't even know if he has a huge smile on his face because i bet he wants him to go top 10 but we have the san antonio spurs selecting franz wagner airball machine small forward out of michigan if you know you know in the march madness in the march madness bracket he absolutely airballed the shot uh to uh, and their uh, championship hope or not championship hopes. What was this? The elite eight or something? Final was it four? Sweet six. No, sweet no. 16 against UCLA, 16. right? Sweet UCLA, 16 versus yeah. UCLA. 
game winner, games on the line, and he absolutely airballs a wide open. Three games points. on the line, aliens pointing at the Earth. I want Franz Wagner. I mean, I mean, we're making Franz Wagner seem like he's a horrible uh, prospect, but I mean, he he's got that three. He's still, even though he he absolutely bricks a bunch of three pointers in big moments. I think the Spurs would definitely like him and take a look at him because they have their backcourt and sort of uh, small forward set because they have uh, DeJounte Murray. They have uh, Keldon Johnson. They have Devin Vassell. DeMar DeRozan, I'm, I'm assuming, like, like Kyle Lowry, I think they're both out of their teams. I think they both want to go to contenders. I think Franz Wagner, he can still play the four. So I think he can slide right into that starting uh, four spot, just re- replace DeMar DeRozan. And I like that because as many NBA fans know, he's not a foreign prospect, but he's foreign, just like his uh, older brother. Maybe, hopefully, he can be better than Mo Wagner since he's not very good. But um, I, I think he has uh, three point potential. He's, he's basically an offensive. Uh, he's an offensive player. He can create his own shot too, which is pretty nice. Uh, something the Spurs uh, sort of need as there are a lot of defense. And I think that Greg Popovich can definitely mold him into a more defensive, not minded player, but more of a defensive player. So I really like this pick for the Spurs uh, right here at pick 12. Yeah, I mean, although Franz Wagner did miss the single biggest shot of his career from three, he did shoot near 40% from three in this past year of college basketball, which is crazy for someone who's 6'10". So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was not good to see what he did in March Madness this year. He didn't do anything uh, too impressive, so his draft stock fell a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think he could still be a good fit with the Spurs. All right, we're going to move. I don't have anything to say about Franz Wagner. I mean, I'm a Calvin Johnson fan. I feel like the Spurs are going to be all around Calvin Johnson, DeJounte Murray. If Franz Wagner wants to be there, and uh, help out a little bit um, and provide some three-point shooting. That's all good with me. I feel like he's going to be a really good three-point shooter. I don't really know about uh, that also about uh, much about him, but I know he's a pretty good defender too. So Greg Popovich loves his defenders. So definitely think that he's uh, a candidate to go to the Spurs at 12. Tyler, don't worry. If he goes to the Spurs, he, he'll probably end up playing power forward and he won't steal Keldon Johnson's shots, <laughs> probably. <laughs> he better not, dude. I That investment would go to waste. All right, so we have Franz Wagner, pick 12 of the San Antonio Spurs. Now moving on to the second-to-last pick of the lottery for the Indiana Pacers. We have them taking our first foreign prospect, I believe, or for, like playing uh, overseas. We have Josh Diddy Smallford out of Australia. Um, I really, really like this pickup for him be, uh, for the Indiana Pacers because he can also handle the ball really well. He played point guard at his club in Australia too, but he has the frame and size of a small forward. And there have been a lot of trade talks of Malcolm Brogdon maybe being out of Indiana, and he's a great playmaker. He can shoot the three ball very efficiently and effectively too. So, I mean, I don't know as much about Josh Giddy as I know about uh, other prospects earlier in the lottery, so I'm not going to set up here and pretend that I've watched too many Australia games because I haven't. But all I know is that Josh Giddy is a very, very good playmaker, and I think he can definitely help out the Indiana Pacers as maybe they're looking to go in more of a younger direction for their future. Yeah, I don't know basically anything about Josh Giddy. This is one of the first times I've ever heard his name. But I know he's from a little bit of a scouting I've done. Uh, I know that he's extremely young, so 
I know that he has a lot of room to improve. Obviously, he's never played in the uh, United States. Uh, he's from Australia, so definitely he's going to come to a surprise. To, uh, he's coming. He's going to come as a surprise to a lot of NBA fans because I feel like that young athleticism and talent, uh, a tall point guard, is definitely going to be useful for uh, the Indiana Pacers if they end up taking him alongside Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, so yeah, I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be a pretty good NBA player if he ends up getting that shot to become consistent and can really use his size to his advantage. All right. So we are going to move on to the final pick of the lottery. We have our second Gonzaga Bulldog going right here. We have Corey Kispert to the Golden State Warriors, our second lottery pick and the final pick of the lottery. Um, Corey Kispert, lights out shooter, probably the best shooter uh, in the, what would you guys say, the best shooter in this draft class? Yeah. I mean, yeah. other players yes. Other players can make a case, but, I mean, if you watch Corey Kispert shoot, he's the best draft class. He's the I best mean, shooter it, draft class. His form is just magnificent. It is crisp. But <laughs> no I mean, no other way to put it. No other way to put he it. He is I mean, a at the end of the sharp day, shooter. Yes. At the end of the day, the Warriors just need bench depth because they have, they have two uh, lottery picks, and their starting lineup is going to be set for next year. Kelly Oubre, his future is sort of uncertain with Golden State as he's a free agent. If he doesn't, if Golden State doesn't plan on re-signing him, and Corey Kispert is right here at 14. There's literally no reason why they shouldn't take him because he's going to be able to contribute immediately. He's a senior, right? Yeah, this is a guy so, you sort I of mean, know exactly what you're getting. Exactly. He's going to be NBA ready, and he's going to be able to knock the three ball down at... That's, uh, I mean, that's their offense. The that's yeah. their yeah. offense. But they, he, they doesn't, play. he doesn't have that much potential either since he's... Right, right. But, I mean, someone like Duncan He's Robinson like Joe is Harris super, potential super person, valuable. Is my well, Joe Harris... Yeah. Well, I, I think he can be a better shooter than Joe Harrison. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Harris. Well, like his role on a team is going to be yeah. like Joe Harris's. Right, because, right. I agree with I that. Because th the Golden State <laughs> wow. Warriors literally we shoot are, so many threes. But... We are really doing Corey Kispert dirty right now. <laughs> no, but Corey Kispert. <laughs> calling his that... potential Joe Harris potential. <laughs> Come on, Joe no, Harris actually... was really good against uh, the Bucks and Joe throughout Harris the whole playoff. He's not like he shot like 10% from three. player. I mean. No, but I mean. I feel like Corey Kispert here is exactly what the Warriors need. I, I would be surprised if they kept both of the picks just because I feel like they're looking to win now. But if they do end up keeping both of the picks, I feel like coming out with Davian Mitchell and uh, Corey Kispert is definitely really good for him. And talking about Corey Kispert, he's exactly what they need, uh, a guy that shoots the ball on the wing. I mean, they play they play one through four positions on the wing. Draymond Green, for most of the time, uh, I mean, he's in the middle a little bit, but you see him. Uh, on the wings and out by the three-point line a good amount. Uh, so you see that they play sometimes, uh, most of the time, f uh, three to four on the three-point line and then maybe a center in the middle. But Corey Kispert just standing literally by the out-of-bounds line uh, on the right side or on the left side, literally just ready to shoot. If Steph Curry and Clay Thompson miss or if they don't have an open shot, give it to Corey Kispert. It's exactly what they need. I mean, he fits straight into that offense. So I like that pick for them. Yeah, and just saying one more thing before we wrap up this mock draft. Uh, I mean, Corey Kispert, like, like, it's very obvious that he's a lights-out shooter. And I think the fit's perfect. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson right now is their backup small forward. I'm sure he might have some problems with uh, trying to knock off Corey Kispert from stealing his job. But I think that Corey Kispert's going to be able to slide right into this Warriors team. If Kelly Oubre As doesn't come back, I think this is a perfect perfect pick for the Warriors because Kelly Oubre, small forward, Corey Kispert, small forward, boom, match made in heaven and Corey Kispert 
literally plays how the Warriors want everyone on their team to play. Shooting as long as as long as he plays like Joe Harris, he's all good. That's all I know. He plays like Joe Harris. He's going to have a role on the team. Yep, players like Joe Harris can earn themselves about eighteen million dollars a year. So that's pretty valuable in the NBA. But that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of At the Buzzer. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms and the uh, and the podcast platform you're listening on today. It's been Dean Campbell and Tyler, and we'll see you next week.